again, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome. <laughs> um, I say this to everyone on, on this interview series I'm doing, but you all, none of you I know really well, but you all feel like old friends and you mm. especially like, we've barely exchanged words in real life, but I just, I have so much love for you already. <laughs> oh, feelings mutual, Kate, definitely. <laughs> We're definitely soul sisters, probably Atlantean soul sisters, mm -hmm. you know. So, done this. so do you want to start by introducing yourself? Sure. I'm Jen McCarthy. Um, I am a spiritual activator. I um, assist people to awaken out of the third dimensional matrix into fifth dimensional unity consciousness. Um, I, my speciality subject is divine union, twin flames, heros gamos, inner alchemical marriage, um, kundalini energy, all to do with, with, the, with finding that marriage with source energy. So that's my main teachings is is around that source energy uh, marriage with source energy and then and then that's a mirror then that, that's then mirrored on the outer so we do the inner work and then it's mirrored on the outer so and i'm an author i i run courses and programs and i run um global ceremonies regularly i've been doing that for five years and I get between, you know, three to five, six hundred people once, once or twice a month, all um, showing up to, as the ground crew, to um, work with the Galactics and um, really, really work in a very, very awakened, enlightened way to affect the collective energies. Like a massive part of my work, I would say, is the ceremonies. Well, there's so much juicy stuff there that we can get into, but yeah. Hour is based around divine feminine so do you want to start by telling us what divine feminine means to you well um i'm writing my third book at the moment and it's called magdalene speaks and um and i talk a lot about the divine feminine in in the book magdalene speaks and um i feel like my journey has been to become an embodiment of the divine feminine really and how how I would say um, I feel like I am an embodiment or I feel like in many ways I've arrived at that place is that I've transcended the need for other people's approval and I'm totally, totally willing to stand alone in my truth and, and I'll speak my truth even if my voice shakes. And even if everyone says, no, 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 two plus two is five, two plus two is five, I'll be like, no honest to God, it's two plus two is four. And I'll stand in my power and I'll be unwavering. And I think that that is a very, very um, important aspect of the, the embodied divine feminine is, is one who can really, really stand tall in her truth. And um, even if her voice shakes, um, it's also connected to, to magnetism, spiritual magnetism, and remembering that that the divine feminine essence is, is to be the rose. Like we were just created in perfect, exquisite beauty by our creator. And our job is to be magnetic, you know? And um, I think so much of the patriarchal programming has sought to kind of like invert that. And many divine feminines have been sort of hunters in a way. And we've all been kind of indoctrinated to go out and hunt and seek our desires. But 
really all power lies I mean not all power but a great deal of power lies in in you know focusing on our magnetism and sweetening our nectar and so much of my work is about assisting our beautiful brothers and sisters to, to really really sweeten their nectar and what did what even does that mean to sweeten your nectar to me it means being guardian of your vibration ultimately being guardian of your vibration and knowing that we have a little child aspect and we have a parental aspect and our creator has given us the duty and the responsibility to be guardian of our child aspect and we do that by by protecting protecting her and protecting the environments that that she goes in and the relationships that she has and the food that she eats and everything that she consumes it's it's about really, really um, being a guardian of your vibration and doing everything that you can to maintain a high vibration. And, um, and so, you know, that means having a spiritual practice, means um, understanding that your ego, the voice of your ego is, is not your true self speaking, that that's just a very, very superficial, temporary aspect of your, of your, of your being and we need to find a practice whereby we can become the observer of the ego and and we can learn to be driven by our by our gnosis by our unconscious by our deep deep inner knowing so yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> we can dig into there but can we get into the embodiment process? Because again, I think this is a common theme in all the conversations I'm having is that we're kind of taught that spirituality is out there and it's something that we have to work to attain. And to me, divine feminine is that very physical, it's very sensual. So can you speak on that? And I think, I think as well, that's one of the ways that you really help people, right? Is you really make it practical and real and, and open to all, not, not like, you know, I have to sit on my throne and you have to bow at my feet. <laughs> no, no, no. What's the actual question? So can you speak on embodiment and what that really means? Like how yeah. Yeah, all these words are beautiful, but yeah. how do you make it real to them? Like what is that embodiment process? The embodiment process for me is about about committing to a spiritual practice, finding a spiritual practice that is going to be able um, to create a bit of spaciousness with your ego, egoic narrative. That, that is the most important and fundamental part of, of going into awakened consciousness is, is understanding, um, it, it is by having a spiritual practice and you have to be committed. Like you can't just dip one little toe in and expect to be enlightened the next day. It's like you have to be two feet in, deep committed entrenched grounded anchored not going anywhere and be very very um extremely consistent with that like it's, it's just not going to work to dip in and dip out of a spiritual practice like you you're either in or you're out if you're not prepared to go in don't, don't even bother because you won't get any results but if you really really want to change your um consciousness transform your consciousness and actually become happy um then, then then find a spiritual practice my spiritual practice is resting as awareness for short moments so whenever i remember i just stop thinking whether it's the most enlightened thought of my life the most scariest thought the most sexiest thought it doesn't matter i'll just if i have that urge to or if i remember to stop thinking i'll just stop thinking and so I've trained myself like a proper like ninja I have trained myself 
to jump off the thought train and prioritize that even if because in a way thoughts are like thoughts are like a train and sort of like you know thought will come along and it'd be like oh that person they were wearing something nice or whatever and a thought will come along and we'll like we'll jump on the thought train and generally we'll just kind of like stay on the thought train till it kind of like fizzles out its final destination but this practice is about jumping off midway no matter where you're going whatever the destination is doesn't matter just jump off the train midway and make that your priority make that your priority present moment awareness as your priority prioritize that over all thoughts and um I, i've been committed to that practice since 2012 um it didn't take me long to fully stabilize but i'd had my massive spiritual awakening when i was 21 but i did need a practice i needed a practice to anchor to um so I ended up doing the 12 empowerments in Goa in uh, March 2012. And then I ended up having like an, my, the second ascension or like another experience of a major ascension. And then I fully completely stabilized. And, um, and I know that that is because of the spiritual practice. Um, so how the teacher that I worked with, she used to say to me, when you wake up in the morning and you commit to resting as awareness for short moments, it, it's a bit like this. Every day you wake up and you, you get handed a piece of string. And every time you rest as awareness for a short moment, it's like placing a pearl on that string. And at the end of the day, you have a whole necklace of pearls. And those pearls represent clarity. But clarity that doesn't come from the mind, the temporary mind, it's the deep inner gnosis clarity that comes from the soul. And so you start accessing universal wisdom, essentially, mm -hmm. and deeply, deeply polishing up your intuition. And, um, and you realize that you all the energy you gave your ego was pulling you down. It was always constantly pulling you down. And when you stop feeding that beast, we're naturally quite buoyant. Like that's just our general character. Like we are naturally quite buoyant. And it doesn't take long for um for us to, you know, re reach that kind of like that level again of of not being depressed and actually being feeling quite good. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, when I was thinking about who I wanted to invite on this series, I realised that one of the commonalities with all of you is that you're very um, transparent about your relationship with the divine. Like you all are very um, real about the fact that there are non-physical forces at work in your life. So can you tell us a little bit about how that looks to you? When you were a child, were you aware of these energies? Has it always been in your life or is it something that you just came into at some point? Um, as a child, I was very, very um, left brain dominant. I was very, very good at maths. I was very, very highly logical, very good at arithmetic. It was sort of all about kind of like left brain mastery. Somehow my childhood was about that. And I was very, very good at sports. I was very, very coordinated. And it was like somehow I was focused on becoming adept in the physical realm. My my childhood was, was, was focused on that. But my mum did say to me, she, she said, oh, I didn't know you were different, Jen. Um, she said, because when you were five, um, Sister Anna, my teacher, asked everyone to bring in a book that was significant to them. And she said, and you bought in an astrology book. 
and um she said I, I knew then that, that there was something going on there do you know what I mean <laughs> I, I I lived with an, an amazing astrologer from a child and she was always telling me about astrology and I was I was like so fascinated by it and I you know I started I did I did have an interest in astrology from a young age and then when I got to about 13, 14, I started getting really into astrology and I, and I started like learning it and studying it and stuff like that. And then when I, you probably remember this, but when we were younger, they, they had this magazine called The Zodiac and it used to come on the TV and you used to collect the magazine every week. And one week it would be crystals, numerology, I Ching, aromatherapy it was like every week it would be a different magazine and you collected the magazine and I, I collected all of them and I had like this thick worth of a folder and it was an introduction to all things spiritual so I clearly showed an interest from a very very young age um in in, in spirituality and then when I was 16 I started going raving I was a wild child and I properly went raving and stuff like that and um, I met this woman called Andromeda from Hawaii and she was a little bit older than me and she had this beautiful house in Hampstead and I went to school in Hampstead and um, so it all sort of like connected that we became friends with Andromeda from Hawaii and her sister Isis and she, her auntie was really really spiritual her family were really really spiritual and so she had like Shakti Gawain books and she had like tarot cards and she had angel cards and stuff like that. And I just thought I died and went to heaven when I went to her house, like at age 16. I was like, oh my God, angel cards and tarot and, and all that. And, um, and then I ended up reading Shakti Gawain, Creative Visualization, and it changed my life. It totally, totally changed my life. And I read that book when I was 18. And um, I, I started like, then I started meditating. I started connecting with my angels. And, um, and I seem to, you know, seem to, seem to have quite a good connection. Like they were giving me sort of feedback. And then I was led to Louise Hay. And that was a bit of a game changer for me, Louise Hay. I have such a deep soul connection with her and, and her transmission. Like how she transmitted was, was, was very powerful for me. Um, and then Louise Hay, and then I ended up going to India when I was 21. And then as soon as I got to India, I was having like visions of meeting this soulmate. And so I was guided to meet this soulmate. And then I was guided high up to the mountains in, in the Himalayas in Chamba. And I was told through Shakti Gawain's book that my masculine higher self was called Christopher and my feminine higher self was called Elijah. And then as soon as I got to India, my team was saying to me, you're going to meet Christopher. You're going to meet Christopher. And I was having visions of, of this Christopher. And then lo and behold, I was like guided higher off the, off the tourist trail to the to chamber. And I met this beautiful brother called Dean. And the very first thing he said to me was my spiritual name is Christopher. And then within two days of meeting him, I had the most ridiculous almighty Kundalini awakening. And um, I say to people, yeah, some people sign up for a spoonful of God. Some people sign up for a shot glass. Some people are brave enough to sign up for a glass. I signed up for the whole entire bottle. And I absolutely overdosed <laughs> on God. <laughs> like I did. There's just no, no getting away from it. Mm -hmm. I went, I literally overdosed on God. And it was like, 
the veil was obliterated. The veil between the higher dimensional realms was obliterated for me. And I can only compare my experience to a near death experience where someone has that experience of their consciousness going back home to God. Like, but I didn't have the drama of dying. I just literally, I was chanting the mantra Om Namah and and meeting Dean and it was just like, it just blasted my third eye open and it completely obliterated the veil between the higher dimensional realms. And so I became friends with the ascended beings. They're my mates. Like I, we're, we're a crew, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like literally they are my crew. Ask anyone that knows me, like they're probably my, my crew. Like there's no separation. There's like, like, we're all on that kind of like ascended like vibration, do you know what I mean? And we're, we're just doing our work like continuously in service to humanity and beyond. Beautiful, beautiful. I feel like this is the future, right? Is this is the future human where we're really conversant with the non-physical beings. But for people that are kind of new to this area of of living, like how would you what entry points would you give them? Like like how how can people start or maybe, you know, maybe they're talking with their guys already, they don't realise it, but what what kind of entry points would you give people into this beautiful world? <clears throat> Think a lot of it's books. I think books are gateways, mm. aren't they? So I'd recommend the books that got me there. Mm. So the first, I always recommend Shakti Gawain, Creative Visualizations, absolute classic, stayed with me forever. I recommend Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. I mean, these are these are like heavyweights in in on a spiritual level, like these books, and they will awaken you. Um, I've now written my book, Twin Planes in the Event, and it's a very, very, very powerful manuscript that, that serves to demystify all of these deep spiritual concepts. Yeah, and I, and I think that's one of my superpowers is the ability to be able to bring it really, really into layman's terms, this very, very high level esoteric information and, and modalities really, um, so I think books, find the right books, find a mentor that you really, really connect with. There's quite a few of us now that have really, really stabilised, like me and Kate, we're, we're, we're there. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's other amazing people, all the people on this, this podcast programme, like really, really quite invisible, I would say. Um, so follow guides, follow their meditations, follow their trainings. I would say, I would say commit to a spiritual practice um decide on a spiritual practice i have two spiritual practices one is resting as awareness for short moments and the second one is going on rampages of gratitude so training my consciousness to go on rampages of gratitude and i might do that 10 times a day and when you do that you are communicating to your ego that it's no longer in control and actually you're feeding the, the positive frequency of creation because there is a force that keeps all the flowers, that, that, that turns a seed into a flower, that keeps the stars in their place, that turns an acorn into an oak tree. There is a force. And so by us having a, a spiritual practice, we essentially become one with that force and attune with, with that force, which is very, very positive, very high frequency, very, very benevolent. And that's, and that's really our job. So find a spiritual practice that is going to shift your vibration. 
and really, really commit. Like one foot in, one foot out, it's just not gonna work. You're wasting your time. Decide to jump two feet in, commit fully to a spiritual practice, commit fully to reading the books, doing the trainings, doing the meditations. Come and do my global ceremonies. They're very, very powerful for, for, for evolution. Um, what else? What, what I mean, I, I call it turning on the gratitude tap, but I think it's oh, yeah. Thing. Do you want to do you want to tell us more about the rampage of gratitude? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just a really, really good way to glitch the ego because the ego is like continuously pulling, pulling you down, sort of like victim um kind of like traumatic narratives in a way and so every time that you make a choice to to really go into detail about that which you are grateful for you are you're glitching the matrix you're 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 making the the, the ego de defunct you're sort of like taking away its job ultimately and it's like what i said it really doesn't take much to shift your vibration permanently that's what i've discovered it doesn't take a lot of time and a lot of commitment. It takes maybe a week or two of being really, really deeply committed. And then you will have a shift and you will suddenly like have let go of a lot of programming and a lot of dross and a lot of the, the sort of like, the, like dirty energy that was keeping you down. You will, um, you will transcend that through a spiritual practice going on rampages of gratitude. Um, it, it's just so good. It's like medicine for the mind. Gratitude is medicine for the mind. It's the ultimate medicine for the mind, I believe. Um, what, what do you think about gratitude, Kate? Have you, is that something that you practice? Yeah, definitely. Something I share a lot as well. So I say the gratitude tap where you just find anything like like this cushion. I could be yeah. grateful for this cushion. And then okay, yeah. so I'm grateful for the artist where I live and so and then I'm grateful for the tape where I bought it from. And then I'm grateful for the fact that the tape is near my house. And I'm grateful for the fact that the last one went to tape with my son and I'm grateful for my son. And you can just like find a million things to be grateful for out of one tiny thing. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you take anything from listening to our conversation, take take this. Uh, this is this is real gold you know um, <laughs> gratitude is a game changer it's a game changer self-love self-love and gratitude that's all self -love you self-love and gratitude <laughs> yeah we should talk a little bit about self-love because i yeah, think self-love is very ambiguous it's like <laughs> i didn't i never knew what self-love meant i was like oh does that mean i should eat be a vegan or does that mean that i should like stand on my head for 10 hours a day or does that mean that i should be constantly doing retreats i i, I really i didn't know what it was and um, and then I realized that that self-love is is about being grateful every time a traumatized part is triggered. That, that's what self-love is, being grateful for that and realizing that that there's a part of my psyche that has been a little bit separate. And so every time I get triggered or I get or I get upset or, or, or an altercation or something like that, then this is an amazing opportunity for me to do some deep soul retrieval and it's an opportunity for me to stand under I always visualize myself standing under my shadow aspect like like a mother like getting underneath her and holding her and then just listening like what what is it what would you like to say what do you need from me how can I serve you and I my my inner child shadow aspect will invariably say, 
I don't need anything from you. I just needed you to listen. I just needed you to validate. I just needed to be acknowledged. And that simple act of not running, of really running towards those shadowy, triggered, traumatized aspects and really, really sitting with them and bringing them back home, because ultimately that's what we do when we listen to them, we stand underneath them, we validate them and say, yeah, I'd feel like that too. And then we bring them home. And that is true self-love, where you really deeply parent yourself and you parent your traumatized inner child. And it's also telling your inner child that it's all going to be okay. It's all going to work out. Yeah. And, and like you're saying, the ego keep going, oh, well, you're really stupid and you deserve yeah. that and you made that happen. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. <laughs> that, is, that is spot on, Kate. And, and being guardian of your spiritual vibration, I talk about this all the time in my work and in all my books, I'm always banging on about it, but about being guardian of your spiritual vibration. And it's like, I see us a bit like house plants, we're like human plants. And it's like, it's very, very important the environment that you place yourself. Like, don't place yourself in environments that are going to be damaging and toxic you want to put yourself in very light airy high vibration um spaces you know and, and and listen to high vibration music i think that that's so important for maintaining a high vibration is is the input what we consume you know and so consume i only listen to meditation music prayerful music i listen to ecstatic dance music as well because that's very very uh, and I listen to reggae, anything spiritual, I basically listen to. Um, but mainly, it's like rare music. I listen to uh, amazing artists like Sam Garrett, um, uh, Jaya Jagadish, um, Ajit. Do you know? Do you know them? All them guys. <laughs> oh, they, yeah, they're 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 who I really listen to. They're absolutely amazing. Um, and and binaural beats you know surrounding yourself by certain hurts and stuff like that i think um this is this is where the rubber meets the road with self-love and also being like releasing toxic relationships like not taking any shit like we are here to be unconditional love like we are here to be embodiments of unconditional love that is truth that is an absolute fact but we are not here to take any shit and we have got to be guardians of our of our own uh, spiritual vibration and our own inner child and um and there's lots of ways to do that one of the top ways i find to do that is bathing in spring water bathing in sp natural spring water is phenomenal for raising your vibration like you do that go and have a dip in the natural spring and my guide said to me that spring water is the closest molecular structure that we have to living light so it's like essentially like bathing in light when you bathe in spring water. So if you're just starting out, I would recommend go and, go and find a natural source of, of, of water and bathe in it. And this will massively affect your, your vibration. And this will get you off to quite a high level. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> Let's go back to my masculine because sure. how we're brought up, isn't it, is to see feminism as something that isn't very supportive of men and as we know divine feminine is really about serving the masculine divine masculine and obviously that's a big part of your work is looking at divine feminine divine masculine together so can you 
speak on that for us of how divine feminine supports and elevates divine masculine I talk about, I mean, this is the crux of my work in many, many ways. And I speak about this extensively in my book. And everything that I share is based on direct downloads. It's never, ever regurgitated information. It's what I've been shown by my spiritual ascension team. And so what I've been shown is that on the, when, when, when we're talking about twin flames, your ultimate God mate, your highest ascension partner in existence, when we're talking about this sacred union, um, what I've been shown is that the divine feminine is the spiritual protector of the masculine and the masculine is the physical protector of the divine feminine. And so I had a direct experience of that as I um, experienced my second major awakening in 2013 and the true identity of my twin soul was revealed to me on the inner planes. I understood, I, I, it was like my consciousness elevated to such an extraordinarily high level that I knew I had a duty and responsibility to protect him from that level where my consciousness had landed. Do you know what I mean? And so that was like, so fifth, 5D and above, but it was, it was like, I, I have to protect him. That is my job. I just knew deeply and innately that my love the love of the divine feminine is what is protecting the divine masculine. And so protecting him from attacks, spiritual attacks, protecting him from being harmed, protecting him from being hurt, protecting him from getting totally, totally lost in his trauma. Um, there's many ways that that protection can kind of like infiltrate. Um, so, and the role of the divine masculine is, is to, is to you know, create safety for the divine feminine on the physical realm. Now, it's not as cut and dry as that because some women carry the masculine energy and vice versa. I am speaking somewhat generally and I'm not actually speaking about men and women. I'm speaking about the polarity of those energies. Um, but I mean, what I speak about in my work is that what I've been shown is that the divine masculine on the whole has had a very, 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 very brutal time being incarnated in the third dimension. And actually the woman, the, the, the divine feminine, even though it's been horrible being in the matrix on many levels, it's been a lot easier for us. We have been much, much more deeply calibrated to high function in the matrix. And probably this is connected to our womb portal that keeps us connected to the interdimensional higher consciousness realms. And this is connected to our heart portal because we're mothers. God created us to be mothers. And so we always have that direct link to love, love consciousness. Somehow it's, it's kind of more easy for us to tap into. Whereas with the divine masculine, there's been so much horrific programming that they have had to endure, particularly around... Um, seeking other asleep men's approval. That's been such a huge programming for the masculine that they um, they don't want to sort of like, you know, rock the boat. They, they, they'll, they'll go along with the, the, the masses, do you know what I mean? Because most of the masses are deluded and asleep. And so most men don't want to stand out from that. It's a very, very heavy duty program for the masculine. Um, the masculine, Obviously, an, an, an obvious thing is to do with, you know, um, emotions. And as women, we've had, there's been a, a deep accessibility for us to 
release our emotions, to be vulnerable in our relationships, to have a space where our tears are acknowledged and are and are honored do you know what i mean whereas the divine masculine hasn't had that they've had to cry in, in private they've had to cry in silence what's what's that doing to them that's totally, that's not that is not conducive to, to happiness and well-being um so i i i feel that it, it can be difficult you know sometimes We've all got so much wounding, you know, I've got so much still, I mean, have I still got wounding? You know, my family, I come from a history of very, very deep and dark sexual abuse. And so I grew up in a family that had a lot of fear around men and the masculine, you know, because men had hurt the children and women. And so even though I notice in my own dynamic of where, well, where am I at now with it, is that I have, such an amazing kind of like higher perspective on what men need but then there's also that I'm still healing that part which is a bit afraid do you know what I mean and a bit scared that, that I might get hurt or that, that men might hurt me physically do you know, so it's an interesting dynamic even though you have that elder wisdom but yet you know there's still like I still find that I I can't be as fully, fully open with men because I don't want them to get the wrong idea. I don't want them to think I fancy them. Do you know what I mean? And I think I think like it's really important to talk about that because I'm such an open-hearted person and I want everyone to feel I want, I want everyone to feel heaven. I want everyone to feel those higher, higher consciousness like feelings. But then I sometimes I'm like, oh, but if I if I give out that energy, that might be misconstrued or misinterpreted. So it's a fine line that we're walking, you know, um, without without giving men the wrong idea. That do you know what I mean by that, Kate? No, it's an interesting point to raise. Definitely. Do you have that experience at all? Mm, I think it's it comes back to what you were saying before about the nectar. So it's about cultivating your nectar, right? And, and knowing that it's for you, your, your expression of love is, is who you are. And it's something, yeah, it's something that you are rather than, you know, what you're saying before about offering it to people is just what it is and they can take it or leave it. <laughs> God, this is who I am kind of thing. Yeah, definitely, I agree. I think when you really own it then people can see that that's who you are and it's not necessarily about them it's just who you are in your life yeah I love that I love that I mean I think that as you activate those kind of like spiritual codes within you you become very very magnetic Mm. and um you become very very super attractive to everyone whether that's children animals women men every old people young people because everyone everyone's so kind of like hardwired to be attuned to authenticity that's what it is it's like we know when someone's real and they're not they're not faking it do you know what i mean that they really really are an embodiment of of true deep confidence I think that's kind of like how I sort of like move in the world really yeah. as well as yeah. <laughs> I can see yeah. that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, can we talk about where the world is at now because for me like 
this the I'm loving this like this is what we want this is the collapse of the system yeah to birth the new so I know yeah. you're totally on the same page like tell us what's it all about what's going on <laughs> what's going on well I mean I was praying for divine intervention last night I I think that there's there's not great stuff going on in Bali at the moment there's I mean I used to live in Bali and there's a lot of heavy heavy stuff going on in Bali have you heard about that yeah 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 so I I, I got I think it concerned I, I was like right okay this is not okay god you need to intervene now like we, pro we probably need intervention because there are some fractions of of the the hydra i call it the hydra the deep state hydra like the monster um that are still like totally mental do you know what i mean and ballistic and so humanity needs help and it's either it's either got to be military intervention and police intervention where the police put down their helmets and say, no, we, we, we're here to protect humanity. We're not here to protect the overlords. I see that scenario as a potential timeline. Or also the military stepping in and saying, hold on a minute here, you've got a eugenics program. This is not okay. Move aside, Bojo and whatever. And, and there being some sort of like military takeover. Um, or, or it could be disclosure. I, I, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that there's gonna be disclosure because there's such a split at the moment with, with the ones that see the agenda and ones that believe the government. There's such a split, it's unbelievable. And it's just like, how are we, how are we even on the same planet that we're, we're not, you're not able to see what we can see so clearly and it was like being on that march in London, it was like a million people, we've all done our own independent research. Every single one of us have sat there for hours, for thousands of hours, and then our own independent research, you know, whereas all those other people that are saying, because I heard people say, oh, they're just spreading like disinformation. Loads of people saying that, oh, what, what's that march about? Oh, they're just spreading disinformation. And I'm thinking to myself, you've got your information purely 100% from the BBC, love. Like every single one of us have not listened to one minute of mainstream media and we've done our own research. So um, yeah, it, it, it is unfolding. And there's part of me which is fascinated by the show. I just think it's absolutely fascinating. And I, and I, and I love having this front row seat, but I do feel like we need divine intervention. And I feel like if there was some disclosure, if like, for example, a high level military person or General Flynn or even Mr. T, Mr. T or someone was just to take over the airways and say, the world has been running by the SATs, do you know what I mean? The SATAs and um, they've been harvesting the, the, you know, the kiddos and what have you. And like, this is what is going on. This is what is going on. And they are complete and utter psychopaths. And everyone needs to know that. Everyone needs to wake up. Like if that scenario played out, I don't think we'd have this bifurcation split anymore. I really, really don't. So, you know, it can go two ways. We could just stay on this split and then those people that don't want to wake up, they can just stay in, stay on that slavery timeline because I think they quite like it. So that's fine.
or, or the other possibility is, is there's disclosure and then suddenly everyone's on the same page and everyone gets behind protecting the children because the only re I think the main reason all of us have been motivated by this movement is to protect the children and to stop children being abused and stolen from the state who have been given the duty of care for the children in the foster system and of course we know exactly what they're doing with them and this is this ends with us like not on my watch not on our watch it might have been happened on our parents watch not on our watch like it ends with us absolutely and it ends by us exposing this bringing it out of the shadows and really talking about it and I think that's what differentiates a true true spiritual activator is you know is like we will talk about the shadow we will talk about the um the heavy dark shit in order to make it no longer live in the shadows anymore like we have to air our collective washing now do you know what i mean and we have to look at it what has been going on and what has been allowed to carry on through empathy and disempowerment you know and I grew up, I went to school in Hampstead and I grew up in London and we know that those Hampstead um, children's homes put Hollywood to shame what, what, what was going on in, in those um, children's homes. And I feel that my mum's generation was just like, well, that's just what happens. That's just what happens. The elite abuse children. What My mum was abused herself by her dad, you know. So... Um, well, you have to be able to unlock your own trauma and face your own trauma before you can face the trauma of the world, right? So that's where the inner work comes first, because when you've yeah. got that inner relationship that you were describing so beautifully earlier, where you're parenting your inner child and you're listening to your guides, then you're in the state of alignment that then you can see the truth of what things are. But when you're repressing your trauma still and holding yeah. it in, you can't look at the world's trauma because you've got <laughs> your own is too much to deal with. So you've got to you've got to do the work first. Oh, that's how I really see. I really feel it's going to centre around high eighty and what's been going on there, and that will really oh, really yeah. I think hate is a really big part of the because it links all the celebrities, the Hollywood, and the politicians, and that it's all there, right, in that scenario. What what specifically is going on in Haiti at the moment then that makes you say that? Well, that it's it's always been a centre for child trafficking, and yeah. then they've just murdered the president. Yeah, and I, I, I just that's what I saw is the child like children from Haiti are the ones that really break it open. Like their energy is the ones that really catalyze oh, the yeah, because because all of those politicians are linked into it, and all of those Hollywood celebrities are linked yeah. into it. They are false idols, and. Oh my God, I watched something so interesting yesterday about um, why footballers are paid so much money, like six million pounds a year and stuff like that. And it was the whole, it's about the whole bread and circus thing. Give them bread and circus and they won't revolt. And um, and, it, and it's just, you know, just creating this, this illusion of, of importance by them getting so much money and it's making it seem like a but it's absolute nonsense it's absolutely irrelevant it's got nothing to do with the evolution of humanity it's just a complete and utter distraction and 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 that and it will and it will stop them the men from really really waking up to truly what's going on 
you know and it's very disappointing to see how so many people have just kind of like fallen into that trap without any critical thinking even people that were displaying quite high levels of critical thinking as soon as the football came they all just don't they just lost it do you know what I mean um so yeah it's it, human you know this this the deep state has been has been working so hard for so long and has done a phenomenal job like credit where credit's due they have done a phenomenal job but they didn't quite bank on the awakened wild feminine who totally completely glitches their their plans they they didn't bank on that they were like oh no we won't even think about that <laughs> can't, like can't even go there <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> Well, with the plain sight thing, right, they do everything in plain sight, right? That's one of the ways they operate. But I always feel like, well, I'm in plain sight as well. Like, yeah. we're in plain sight as well. So yes. it's not that they have power over us. It's that we, you know, we're, we're as powerful as they are. <laughs> they don't have any power over me. I'll actually piss on them for breakfast. They have no power over me. Because when you go into a high vibration, they can't, I, I'm stabilized at 5D. I've been stabilized since 2013. Do you know what I mean? I've got, God knows, eight, seven, eight years now. It's like, they can't, if you're totally, totally there at that Christ consciousness level, they're not at Christ consciousness level. They're at separation consciousness. They're at fear. They're at control. And so it's like they can try to throw energy at you but it's just like water for ducks back doesn't mean i don't get attacked i get attacked constantly left right and center but it just doesn't stick it does not have the capacity to stick because i'm so at one in my with my higher self and that's the ultimate aim of the game really for everyone listening become one with your higher self become totally addicted to becoming one with your higher god self and then you you totally totally surpass all of them like literally we eat them for breakfast these <laughs> the demons i tickle them i'm just like oh you're so cute and i tickle them <laughs> do you know what i mean they have no power <laughs> it doesn't touch the sides that's what i've been saying it just doesn't touch the sides it's just... <laughs> Read my books, guys, because my books are absolutely packed, solid with information to stabilize your frequency, to get to a place where you are no longer vulnerable by any low frequency attacks or slurs or anything, you know. And, and how I've got to this place is that I realize that I, I am totally addicted to pleasing God, my creator. And so I, I want to be the best daughter that, that God has ever had. Like I literally want to be the best daughter that God has ever had. And so I know God is watching me 24 seven. And I, so I know I'm committed to impeccability. I'm committed to vibrational impeccability because my creator, this is between me and God, do you know what I mean? And so at the end of the day, if people criticize me or if people throw shit at me, I don't care. I don't care because you won't understand. You might not understand why I've had to set a boundary there. You might not, you might not understand why I've had to say that in that way, because this is between me and God. So I am fine with your disapproval. I'm absolutely fine <laughs> with it. Mm -hmm. And it could be from anyone, actually anyone, from my closest family members to my best friends, to people that follow me online. I couldn't give a flying shit what you think about me because I'm only here to please God. That's 
Oh, I've done it. <laughs> so, so, you know, I see all this as a gift, right? This is a gift of humanity to wake us up, to do the healing work and to evolve into this new human that is full of love and is connected to the non-physical dimensions, whatever that looks yeah. like. Yeah. So how do you see New Earth? How do you see the world as we grow into that, as we step into that? Um, I see a pos- I, I see a number of possible scenarios. Um, there could be this disclosure timeline and and then everyone gets on the same page and then we boot out all the all the Satanists and we take over Parliament, we take over Congress, we take over, you know, humanity takes over again and we all get on the same page. I think that's a possible timeline. Um, I think there's another possibility that there could be um, motherships landing in our atmosphere. I had a dream recently about a mothership. It was the most incredible dream that I've ever had about this amazing ship. Now, these ships, they are able to house up to a million souls. They're like eco, sort of like eco worlds within the ship. They're not like anything we can possibly imagine. They're, They're literally like another universe. So there's a possible scenario where two ships are going to land. One is going to take the um, the awake people, the ones that have chosen the path of sovereignty, and then the other ship is going to take away all those that have, that really love choosing the path of slavery. And so now that will happen in the dream time, but there'll be there'll be sort of abductions in the dream time and um, with, with that particular ship. And so what I've been shown that this is a potential scenario where we all get shipped out and earth is allowed to restore because earth has been very, very chronically abused by patriarchy, by man. So I do get quite a lot of goosebumps when I, did you get goosebumps when I said that? Because I, I, I get goosebumps when I say it. So that scenario does seem quite possible what would you say, Kate? I see us all restoring Mother Earth to Garden Paradise. I see us all living in harmony. I think we have all the tools that just been suppressed, particularly yeah. the last hundred years. And there's people all over the world who are just desperate to offer their gifts to humanity and whatever that looks like. And they're sending some of the envy interviews, but that could be in the healing work like we do, or nutrition, or it could be in architecture or birthing like midwifery or um, permaculture like all these things I think there's people all over the world who have been suppressed and held back and we're just we're just so eager to serve we're so eager to be able to and so as the deep state gets removed you'll be more and more and there'll be an acceleration of consciousness because everything that's been held back will be you know blooming yeah, and we do have the resources. Like we know that the resources are there to heal all disease, to heal cancer, to clean up the oceans. Like already the technology is there. It's just a case of the permission being given by the, obviously by the, by the pharmaceutical companies that aren't going to make any profit from, from well-healed people, are they? So we just need to completely and utterly get rid of them. But I feel really guided at the moment. Like I know I've got a very like strong direct lines when I pray and stuff like that. So I, I, at the moment, I'm praying for divine intervention. I think that 
we've been going along a year and a half now and it's been quite interesting sort of without divine intervention um it's been a great show it's been i've, I've just run out of popcorn to be honest with you it's been amazing <laughs> but now i think it's time i'm i'm calling it in now we need help humanity needs help from um whether that's the military whether that's disclosure whether that's the galactics i feel that we're at that point now where we, we deserve it and and I really, really feel that this, this help that I'm talking about is connected to critical mass consciousness and is connected to um, reaching a tipping point with, with the awakened people. And it could be 51%, you see. If we can get 51% awake, that'll be enough to do the, the tipping point. And then that'll like send out a pulse the galactics or whoever that that humanity has reached a mature enough level to be able to receive intervention and support so it's a very very complex thing um you know so but but i'm focused on that now okay i, I really really i don't want to see people i love in bali um terrorized in the way that they're being terrorized and um yeah i've had enough I don't know that it even needs 50, 51% though. I think with the truly awakened souls, the power of that is so great. Yeah. One that of was the, arbitrary, by the way. <laughs> one of the things I've seen is that we just have to hold hands. Like we just have to go to the sacred sites, the powerful, you know, grid points on the earth and hold hands. And that is like a massive frequency raiser. Yeah. I mean, I lived in Glastonbury for 20 years and yeah I've, I've yeah I've devoted my whole life to being a, a gatekeeper for mm -hmm. I still am even though I don't live there I'm still a gatekeeper for the tour it was so weird when I went back there a couple of weeks ago like, I hadn't left it was like I'm still there I'm still there like I don't know but I, like, I must live underneath the tour in some crystal chamber <laughs> yeah Jen, thank you so much. It's such an interesting conversation. Is there anything else you'd love to say about Divine Feminine or about your work before we finish? Um, I'm really excited about publishing my second book and it's going to be published on the Magdalene Feast Day, which is the 21st of July. It's called No More Crumbs, an empowerment manual for the Divine Feminine. It's a book that helps women awaken from the spell of accepting crumbs in their romantic relationships. It is a manual to really help women deeply, deeply level up to their goddess frequency and vibration. And to remember that there is a beautiful divine sacred relationship that is in the sort of like ethers that, that wants to come to you, that is filled with devotion and honoring and service but you the divine feminine have to get to that level whereby you can accept that because most women are so calibrated to accepting random texts and the odd little inconsistent smile that you have to do the work to um get to that place where that that person can give you that devotion so essentially it's a very very powerful book i've had the most incredible feedback um and i highly recommend my book twin flames in the event um it's a sacred manuscript and it will it will i mean the first person that read that book had a full-on out-of-body experience and where, do we find, where do we find the books so the books are on amazon for now and um yeah on amazon for now and i when i publish my second book i'm actually going to publish that not only on amazon um 
but it's quite good for print on demand. So I know it's the belly of the beast, but at the end of the day, I do so much good that I can I can afford to do this. Yeah. Thank you, Jen. I I'm so um, I think because of all the things you've been saying, it's like the the desire for change has never been stronger and the amount of people doing the work and raising their collective vibration has never been stronger. So we just, we're at that birthing push right now, right? It's like, it's the last push. <laughs> we get this baby out. Oh, I love that, Kate. Yeah, <laughs> we're at the last push, absolutely. And yeah, so mm. many people have woken up now. That's why it's been such a, a fascinating year, you know, just watching so many people wake up so, so that that's gonna that's gonna change things, isn't it? Yeah, it's really yeah, beautiful. So beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me on on your podcast, and um, I'll be sure to share it in my in my groups on Facebook and stuff like that. All your series. Thank you.